This is Project Keto. I'm your host, Madeline Evergreen. This podcast is a result of my lifelong experience searching for the answers to my health struggles. I'm here to teach you the how-tos, practical tips, and tactics to eating a ketogenic diet. No more deprivation or confusion when it comes to your amazing body. Let's jump right into today's episode. Today, we are talking all about gluten. This is one of my most passionate topics ever because my very first change I ever made to my diet was attempting to go gluten-free. And it actually took me about a year to go more than a few hours without gluten. I was that addicted. I was in high school. I was really, really sick. And I had symptoms like fainting randomly. I had random vomiting, stomach aches, mood problems, sleeping problems, digestive problems, skin rashes, so many issues. And Nobody really was talking about gluten at the time like they are now. Not very many people even knew what gluten was or had ever heard of that word before. So somehow, I don't even know how, but somehow I learned that maybe gluten was contributing to the problem. So my friend and I decided that we were going to go gluten-free. And this was junior year of high school, I believe, and it was so hard. It took me the entire school year to go more than a couple of hours without having gluten. So I would get up in the morning and I would say every day, okay, today's the day I'm going to quit the gluten. Today is the day I'm going to do it. And then I would start to have these side effects like shaking or rage or feeling exhausted, severe fatigue, all kinds of symptoms where it felt like I couldn't even live my life. I couldn't go to school. I couldn't get out of bed. I was a dancer. I could not dance. I could not do any of these things because of the withdrawals. So then I would sneak some gluten. Like I would go into the kitchen when no one was looking and I would have some croutons out of the cupboard or a cracker or a little piece of cereal and it would just take a small amount and then a lot of those symptoms would go away. So I was constantly sneaking gluten foods because I had to. I just could not go on without it until one day when I really did use willpower. After, you know, the entire school year, I forced myself three days through absolute torture and I did give up the gluten and I haven't had it since, but it was three days and it was terrible. And then the symptoms, the withdrawal symptoms began to lift slightly but I still was miserable. I was always thinking about eating bread or pasta or cookies. I was always having cravings. I was extremely irritable, but I was making it through just on willpower, and I felt like at any second I was going to snap. I could not be around gluten. I couldn't talk about it. Nobody could eat it in front of me, or I was going to just dive right in. Then, my mom took my sister and I to a conference with Julia Ross, and we were at this conference, and I was in high school. Everybody else there was a doctor or a chiropractor or an acupuncturist, those kind of people. I felt completely out of place, but it was so life-changing. We learned about using targeted amino acids for mood problems and behavior issues. So I actually learned at this conference that you can take specific targeted amino acids if you are having 
gluten withdrawal symptoms or food addictions or cravings or anxiety or depression or so many other problems. And at this conference, I took a couple of different doses of different things. And for the first time in my entire life, I did not crave food. I was not feeling agitated. I wasn't daydreaming about eating. I wasn't just counting down the minutes till our next meal. I wasn't in pain because I was wanting the gluten so bad. And we even went out to eat at a Chinese restaurant that night. And it was really easy for me to just stop eating when I was full and have zero interest in getting something like wontons or eating the fortune cookies or having noodles. I just felt fine with what my body needed and fine with not eating all of the junk. And from then on, I have not had a problem avoiding gluten whatsoever. I've never eaten it again unless for some reason it was contaminated in my food at a restaurant, which has happened a couple of times and it's terrible. But I've never given in or um, just dove into that and It's been years. It's been over a decade since that conference with Julia Ross, and it's been amazing. So today, I want to share some of my wisdom with you about why gluten is so incredibly addictive, and it's not your fault if you can't get off of it, and then what you can do about that. And we'll also be talking about some hidden sources of gluten that you might not be aware of when you're shopping for foods. So did you know that in 1980, our wheat was genetically modified? All wheat before that was in its original form. So genetically modified is shortened into GMO. The GMO wheat contains new proteins that human bodies have never seen. Some are gluten proteins, but there are many other proteins in wheat as well. When we are talking about gluten, we are also talking about all of the other proteins found in wheat. Gluten is just one of the many proteins that have been modified in wheat. So just for uh, ease, we're going to just keep referring to it as gluten, but you should know that technically I'm really talking about all of the other proteins found in wheat as well. Many people cannot break down gluten or the other wheat proteins into small molecules, and this causes intestinal inflammation and creates leaky gut. So we've been talking a lot about leaky gut the past few episodes, so if you're totally unfamiliar with that and this is your first episode, welcome, but definitely go back and uh, review some of those other episodes as well to really understand leaky gut. One of the main issues why wheat is so problematic is because of the glyphosate. Glyphosate is an insecticide. It's in Roundup. Glyphosate is sprayed on wheat right before the harvest to dry it out. And glyphosate causes leaky gut and many other problems in your body. When people remove gluten or wheat from their diet, they feel so much better. Usually not right away at first, but after they get through the withdrawal symptoms, they feel so much better. And they might feel better because they've removed the gluten or the wheat and the new foreign proteins from the genetically modified wheat or from removing the glyphosate, that's what's found in Roundup. Or maybe they feel better because of all three of those issues. So we just don't know. We don't know if it's just the gluten or the new foreign proteins or is it the glyphosate or is it a combination. When you eat gluten, it is broken down into gluteomorphin and binds to morphine receptors in your brain. This gives you a narcotic-like effect. 
So if you've ever wondered why is gluten so addictive and people eat it at every single meal and snack, this is why. Every time you eat wheat or gluten, you get a pleasurable narcotic effect. It is very difficult to eliminate and it is highly addictive. So you might think to yourself, no, 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 no. I just love croissants or, oh, pasta is my favorite food because it tastes so yummy or toast reminds me of my childhood and I have to have it every day. And I'm here to bust your bubble and tell you that is just a bunch of BS. Yes, everybody thinks pasta is yummy and bread is tasty, but a lot of people also think broccoli is absolutely delicious or Roasted almonds are one of their favorite snacks, or uh, sh- uh, shredded Brussels sprouts in butter is one of their favorite side dishes at Thanksgiving with lots of Himalayan salt. But nobody is addicted to Brussels sprouts. Most people aren't going to be addicted to broccoli. You're probably not going to be severely addicted to almonds. So, why are you so incredibly obsessed? with your gluten foods. I'm here to tell you, it's not because of your childhood memories. It's not because you just love the taste or the texture or the smell. Those things might be a part of the picture, but the reason why it's so incredibly addictive is because you're getting a narcotic effect when you eat it and you're getting pleasure hits in your brain. So your brain actually feels depleted when you stop eating that. If you just cut out the gluten one day, now it's like you're having narcotic withdrawals. You're no longer getting these pleasure hits and then you don't feel pleasure. This It's the same sort of thing that happens when people cut out addictive drugs, alcohol, uh, when they're addicted to something like screen time or video games or sex addictions, it's all kind of the same thing, just different names of different chemicals, different neurotransmitters. But if you're not a scientist or you don't want to know every single detail under the sun, just know that all of these addictions, including food or specifically gluten, can be because you have just removed your pleasure reward system and now you don't feel pleasure and then you're depleted. And no matter what kind of willpower you try to use, no matter how hard you try, usually it's not going to last. Like for me, it lasted a couple of days or a couple of weeks, but I I know for sure I would have completely fallen off the wagon if it wasn't for getting on these different amino acids. Some people, about 30% of people, experience severe gluten withdrawal symptoms. And this could be something like headaches, joint pain, extreme fatigue, or depressed moods. And the same withdrawal symptoms can happen with dairy. And we'll talk about dairy in a whole other episode. Withdrawal symptoms usually last about three days or less. And in some cases, it can be longer. Once you pass through this period, you usually feel much clearer thinking and better focus. Digestive issues and autoimmune symptoms can start to clear up. People even experience a loss of joint pain when they remove gluten. Arthritis. Uh, Arthritis or joint pain symptoms are often a problem with food sensitivities and completely clear up once the food is out. I can't tell you the number of people that have come to me at my work and they say they have arthritis and then they give up gluten and all of their pain, I'm saying all of it, not a little bit, all of their pain goes away 
and then they say, oh, I'm just going to have a little slice of cake, or I'm just going to have, you know, a, a piece of pizza, and then all of their pain and more comes back, and they know the pain is from the gluten. It's it's not just some kind of diagnosis, arthritis, that you're going to just have to be in pain forever. Almost every single case, if you give up the gluten 100%, the pain is gone. Isn't that interesting? Now, in men, when they give up gluten, their pot belly usually goes away. Women have an easier time losing fat from all over. Children and teen behavior and ability to focus and learn improves dramatically, and they do better in school and sports. In my homeschool nutrition class, I found this, that some of the students have some pretty severe learning problems, attention problems, energy issues, where if they were going to a regular school, I'm guessing they would repeatedly be put in detention or have bad grades. And they're not stupid people, and they're not bad people. They're not, they don't have any behavior issues at their core. They're great people who try, but they have health problems. And they've actually found that on days when they're not eating gluten, they can read better, they can pay attention, they can sit in their seat, they can do their homework, they can understand what they're learning. It's amazing to see how fast they change as teenagers. People who thought it was normal to feel pain or have foggy thinking or have trouble focusing and reading suddenly experience life without these problems for the first time when they give up gluten. Most people find so much joy in this that they never want to eat gluten foods again. Using some targeted amino acids can reduce withdrawal, withdrawal symptoms dramatically. This is what I talked about. This is what I ended up taking when I went to that Julia Ross conference. Amino acids are needed for you to feel satisfied, calm, happy, and fulfilled. And if you've been eating gluten, even dairy too, your body is probably void of the amino acids and it's relying on those foods to give you the dopamine and pleasure hits. If willpower is not working for you, then you would want to get on some targeted amino acids. Now you can either work with some kind of practitioner who knows how to help you with this, or you can take one called Crave Curb, which I am going to link in the show notes for you. And this is a very, very safe supplement that anybody can take. I've seen, I'm guessing, thousands of different clients take this with tremendous results. If you are taking SSRIs, you just take the Crave Curb at a different time of day. You just don't take them within a couple of hours, even though there are no cases shown where there have been any problems taking targeted amino acids with SSRIs, but just if you like to be triple safe, take it at a different time. Anybody else that's not taking SSRIs, you could take your Crave your crave Curb first thing in the morning, take about four capsules, and then take it again mid-afternoon. And you would take this on an empty stomach away from other proteins, about 20 or 30 minutes away from proteins. And what you'll find is, as soon as those capsules have absorbed into your bloodstream, so, you know, 10 or 15 minutes after you took it, suddenly the cravings are lifted. It does not suppress your appetite or make you not want to eat, but it makes it feel like you can just make very intelligent choices about what you're going to be eating, and you can just decide what to put in your mouth. You're no longer having an emotional tie to foods, specifically carb foods, gluten foods, those sorts of things. And it's such, such relief for people. 
once in a while I find somebody's able to just quit the gluten and it's no problem and they don't need any help at all but I'm gonna say 99.9% .9 of the time people do need to take targeted amino acids to help with this issue now let's switch modes a little bit here and I want to go through some names of gluten that you might see on food labels that aren't actually gluten so companies are really really tricky and they like to sneak gluten into their foods because they know that that it makes the food more addictive natural flavor you may want to write these names down natural flavor could include gluten monosodium glutamate also known as MSG emulsifiers lecithins caramel color hydrolyzed vegetable protein, hydrolyzed plant protein, and textured vegetable protein, maltodextrose, binder, bulgur, cereal, couscous, duram, einkorn, farina, filler, flour, frumento, gum base, malt, matzo, matza, modified food starch, modified starch, rusk, Seitan, semolina, special edible starch, spelt, starch, thickener, and wheat alternative. I'm going to be making an Instagram post in just a day or so where I, I list all these out. So be sure to check that out if you want like a nice graphic where you can see all of this in one place. Check that out. You can find me on Instagram at Madeline Rosie Evergreen. And we also have this problem where many, many packaged foods that you wouldn't think include gluten. So I'm going to list out a whole bunch of different types of packaged foods. So these aren't specific ingredients, but packaged foods where if you're buying these things, don't forget to read the food label to see if gluten is on the ingredients list or any of those other words that I just listed are in the ingredients list. So here we go. Hidden gluten packaged foods. Soy sauce, teriyaki sauce, corn flakes or crispy rice cereal, soup thickened with roux, salad dressings, marinades, barbecue sauce, taco seasonings, Vinegar is a huge one. Cooking sprays, specialty ketchups, mustard, different types of cheeses, broths for sure, yeast spreads, sausages and beef jerky, and then meat substitutes like imitation meats like fake crab or vegan meats or vegan cheeses. All of those typically have really, really dangerous ingredients. Deli meats veggie burgers, restaurant eggs for sure, seasoned rices, frozen vegetables could include gluten, believe it or not, french fries, pickles, it's just crazy, but pickles might include malt vinegar, which is derived from barley, nuts, check if you're buying packaged nuts or nuts that have other like spices or flavors in them, um, ice cream bars or or what are those called um, popsicles some milkshakes could licorice wheat flour is usually a binder in lots of those types of candies like licorice energy bars and granola bars chocolates can have it in there 
specialty types of coffees and teas, cocktail mixers, hard lemonades, and wine coolers. So just beware, pretty much any, any packaged or processed food that you're going to buy, you really want to be aware of what is on that ingredient list. And if you are a person who's cutting out gluten, I'm guessing it's because you have health problems. And if you have health problems, it would actually be best that you just cut out processed foods altogether. So you might want to just simplify your life anyways and go for one ingredient foods like beef or broccoli or olive oil or chicken or an orange or coconut oil or cocoa powder those sorts of things and get used to simplifying what you're buying shop the perimeter of the store where you would see the produce the meat section those sorts of things still beware but just shop more simply and get used to making your own sauces your own baked goods your own flavors for food get used to making a lot of that yourself so that you're not always buying these things like taco seasoning that's completely chock full of gluten but also other kinds of junk. I just did a reel the other day on Instagram where I showed all these food labels where I picked up a a packaged food, looked at the ingredients, and bam, there's gluten. But what's really funny to me is that it's so much worse than that. These are packaged foods where it's a huge list of mystery words, words that I can promise you, you don't know what almost any of those things are. And those are usually things that you should not be eating. Those are chemicals, those are processed ingredients, highly toxic things that nobody should eat. So it's more than just gluten that you're looking for on the label. Now that's all for today with gluten. Feel free to reach out to me anytime. You can message me on Instagram or you can email me at info at projectketopodcast.com and ask me questions if you're struggling with this gluten withdrawal issue. I've been through it. I've helped lots of people through it and I'd love to help you too. Now before we close out today, I want to share my uh, favorite thing of the week my what I'm loving lately item and this is food coloring and you might be shocked to hear me say that. I have not used food coloring in like 12 or 13 years because food coloring is one of the worst chemicals you can put in your body. Worst. Do not eat food coloring ever. But I just discovered some natural food coloring and I've tried making my own food coloring in the past and it works but it's so much effort. It's not worth it and it's never very vibrant or beautiful but I found this natural food coloring from a company called India Tree and I have been just like a busy bee in the kitchen all weekend making Christmas cookies. I have actually a Christmas cookie sale coming up so if you're local in the Twin Cities you still have until Wednesday December 15th to place an order for assorted Christmas cookies that are keto friendly, diabetic friendly so I'll, I'll link to that into the show notes too. But the fact is is that I've been making this really fun royal icing for some of the cookies and I got to actually color it this time with this India tree food coloring. And one of the reasons why I wanted to mention it in this episode is because this is an example of a time when it doesn't say gluten-free on the label. It's always best to buy 
processed or packaged foods that have certified gluten-free on the label so you know there's no cross-contamination. So I thought, oh no, is this, you know, something that is a gluten-contaminated food? It does say that it's non-GMO, so that's nice. So I looked up their website and I read through their frequently asked questions and one of them was, are your products gluten-free? And they say that they don't use any gluten-contaminated products products whatsoever. However, these items are actually packaged in facilities where other products are made with gluten. So there's a chance that a little flake of gluten could have floated through the air and landed in the food coloring. That is a chance, I will admit that. But the good news is that this company doesn't use any gluten contaminated ingredients in their products whatsoever. So that's something that I'm willing to use as a special treat for cookies that I make for my friends, my family, but you always want to do your homework when you're buying something that doesn't say certified gluten free. So get on their website or call the company, do your own homework so that you know for sure why doesn't it say certified gluten free. Many, many companies can't actually afford to have their own facility where they can make products completely away from any other company's products. So that's the reason why um, this company has it that way. I'm sure if it was just up to them, they would probably just eliminate gluten from the whole planet. But (laughs) clearly that's not going to happen anytime soon. So I hope this was helpful, everybody. Be sure to check out that um, graphic that I'll be posting on Instagram with all of the different gluten words, so secret gluten words, and join me over there where we have more fun every single day. I appreciate you for listening, and I will catch you all in a week.